The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Let's say good morning to our guest, Kamal Sri Kumar, president at Sri Kumar Global Strategies. So I know you've got the furrowed brow going. I can see it right through the radio waves here, uh, Sri. Uh, I want to put this kind of interesting, different sort of point, because we talk about this every day, you know, the bond yield shooting up, the dollar strong and equities falling. It's three men that seemingly hold the entire global economy and all asset classes fate in the palm of their hand. In this order, see if you agree. Jerome Powell, Vladimir Putin, and Xi Jinping. I'm not sure we've ever seen a time when the macro dominates as much as now. Brian, I think you're spot on. And I think I agree with you in terms of not only the global dominance of macro, but also agree with the three people that you chose to lead it. And here is the puzzle which is common to all three individuals, even though they come from very different countries. They share this trait. We simply do not know what they are going to do next. Exactly. And that is a common characteristic of all of those three leaders, and that is adding to global market volatility. And, and would, you, would you agree that one decision by any of these three could change the picture to a huge degree? Imagine that Putin says, I've had enough. The Ukraine war is over. Or if Xi Jinping says... I've had enough. We're reopening the Chinese economy. Or if Jay Powell says, we've done enough. Exactly. All of them would completely change the picture. Uh, I do not expect uh, to go in the order in which you mentioned. I don't expect Putin to end the war right away, because I think that would be very negative for him in terms of perception within his own country and for his longevity in office. Xi Jinping, again, I don't know that he's going to sharply change. Uh, There was a big change today that he reappeared in public today after a mysterious absence for a couple of weeks. But he seems to be out and doing. So I think until his coronation happens in the middle of October, probably not much of a surprise. But we don't know what he's going to do next. In the case of Jerome Powell that you referred to, Uh, with many of his fellow uh, governors talking about uh, increasing interest rates further, uh, we are reaching a stage when the dollar is very, very strong, Brian, Mm, and it is going to have a negative impact both on the United States and the rest of the world. Would you say, Sri, that we are now at uh, peak hawkishness? And if we are at peak hawkishness, does that mean we're at uh, the peak for the dollar? Um, I would agree with you on both, uh, that we are at peak hawkishness, uh, Rish, and also that the dollar the dollar index has hit a high that we haven't seen in some 20, 21 years, uh, which also suggests that we may be close to the peak. But here is what could go wrong. 
If you have another false move coming from the UK, as they did Friday and um, yesterday, in terms of uh, countervailing the movements that were made by the Bank of England, or if the British government were to take steps to criticize the Bank of England, that is going to cause more money to come to the United States and strengthen the dollar further. So the dollar, I think, is fine in terms of where it is, reached its peak, but it, all, it is an exchange rate, we like to say, is like a two, two-sided game. It takes two to tango, and if you have the other side weakening, then the dollar is going to strengthen. But from the U.S. side, I think the game is done. Sri, if you were sitting on the board at the Fed, um, would you be urging a little more nuance and trying to thread the needle here, or would you continue to pound the table as they're doing? I would not pound the table. I would act. And I think the problem with this Fed is that they talk too much and not too much gets done. I would have increased interest rates, as Brian, you and I have talked on this program in the past, I would have increased interest rates in the middle of 2021. I wouldn't have said anything about transitory. But if I did make that mistake then, I would increase substantially. I had asked for a one and a quarter percentage point move in the last meeting so that the Fed can stay ahead of the curve. Instead, they keep making smaller and smaller moves relative to what is needed. And that means there is no end in sight. Sri, I mean, the thing is, there's a large body of thought out there saying that they are so far behind the curve that actually inflation's already turned to the downside, given some of the uh, readings of price increases that we've had. Uh, yes, the, the, some of the price indexes are coming down. The home prices uh, are dropping for the first time uh, in a couple, in, since 2008. Uh, that is clearly an indication which is which is positive. In some cases, rent month on month is also declining. So, Rish, I don't doubt the fact that we are not going to be at 8.3% CPI inflation rate, that you can come to 6 or 6.5%. The real question is, that is not acceptable. What do they do further? And that's where I think the Fed is going to face a problem. It's the quality of policymaking that is really... Uh, in question, I think. Uh, and, you know, some people uh, would say that, you know, they, they made a mistake last year, you're one of them, that they should have acted. And now that they're going too far, we see China now starting to grapple with deflation. And is there a possibility that these aggressive rate hikes like this, 375s in a row and looks like another, uh, could, push, could push rates down at an alarming rate where it's tough to stop them at 2%, and now you've got deflation to worry about? Uh, that, those are great questions, Brian. I don't think we are going to go into deflation on a global basis. Um, I think that it would push the economy into a recession. That I would go with you. Both Western Europe and the United States appear to be uh, headed toward a recession. The U.S. is better off compared with Western Europe. But on the other hand, I don't look for the inflation target to be reached. and for it to be even lower or negative inflation rate during the years to come, simply because there is so much of excess liquidity and so much of excess government spending that is still in the pipeline. Until all of that disappears, which may happen in a few years, and no further excesses take place, I wouldn't be worried about a deflation.
Kamal, always a pleasure having you on the program. Kamal Shri Kumar there, President of Shri Kumar Global Strategies, getting his take on the markets. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.